Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. This is episode number 441. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. Many people call me the podcast answer man. And this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. As you can tell, there's no music in the front, no audio branding, nothing like that. I just felt like jumping in today, hitting the record button, and speaking whatever comes to my heart. Now, I will be very authentic and transparent with you and tell you that I have a five and a half page Google document in front of me as a very thorough outline when it comes to the things that I'm about ready to share with you. And this is very much going to be about me and my journey as it relates to the username that I have chosen to use online early in my interaction on the internet and how when I became a podcaster and developed some online brands, I decided to start calling myself the Podcast Answer Man, and I had Generally Speaking Production Network, and how I became at GSPN on Twitter, but usernames on different platforms. I'm gonna talk a little bit about why I've chosen to brand myself on certain platforms in certain ways, and how some of those things just never really worked out all that well for me because it wasn't consistent from platform to platform. And and I believe that this is actually going to have a lot of value for those of you who are looking to brand yourself online. If you're creating a personal brand, I think that there's going to be a lot of takeaway for you to at least hear the journey and, and maybe to give you some insights on how to think about how you brand yourself. But more than anything, this this podcast episode right here is literally being created as a resource to answer one of the most frequent questions that I've ever been asked ever since I've started producing stuff on the internet. And that question has nothing to do with podcasting. It has everything to do with the question of what does Cliff EOTC stand for? To give you this story, I need to give you a little bit of a background. And yeah, this is going to go back quite quite a distance into my past. And some of these things might be shocking for some of you to learn, especially those of you who are relatively new to me and my brand. Before I started podcasting full-time, before I even knew what podcasting was or even before podcasting existed, I was involved in the world of insurance as a career. I was an insurance agent, and many people know that about my past. And another thing that is very well known for those who have been following me for a very long time, not only was I an insurance agent, but I was also involved in Christian ministry as a pastor. Yeah, Cliff Ravenscraft, me. I was once a pastor, if you can believe that. And what I want to do is I want to go back and tell you where the genesis of EOTC or Cliff EOTC came from. Back in 1996, I felt a calling in my heart to devote myself to full-time Christian ministry work. The church that I was a part of at the time had put me on a path and directed me towards becoming an elder and a pastor within the church that I was a part of. My wife and I, Stephanie, actually, she wasn't my wife at the time. She was my fiance at the time. Stephanie and I had just decided that we were going to get married. That would have been December of 1995. 
right after we got engaged, I just felt, you know, hey, if we're going to get married, I want to make sure that I'm the husband that I feel called to be. And I believe that for me to do that, I want to get back into the type of relationships that I had back in 1991. Now, back in 1991, I was about 18 years old. I was in high school, and I joined this Bible study group of young adults between the ages of 18 to 30, and it was the most incredible season of my life. It was the mo- I had never been more encouraged. I never had better relationships than I had within this small group Bible study group. It was an incredible time of life, and over the course of several years and some other things, I kind of left that world behind. When I met Stephanie, I wasn't very much involved in anything related to faith, but when we got engaged, I decided, you know what? I want to, if we're going to do this, if I'm going to be your husband, I want to be the kind of husband I feel called to be. And I believe that I, I think we should, I want to have us be involved in the kind of relationships that I had back in this 1991 Bible study group. And so I want to create a Bible study group that I will, or if you'll join me, that we will host together. Every week we will lead a small group Bible study for young adults who are roughly our age, between the ages of 18 to 30. And she decided, hey, to to go along with that. And it's as a result of that, that that's where that calling and feeling that, man, I I love this. I feel so called to encourage other people this way. And and that that calling to full-time ministry came out of the result of doing this small group Bible study. Now, I'm the type of guy who, when I create something, I want to give it a name or I want to brand it. You know what I mean? So immediately, I started to brainstorm some ideas for names for this weekly group that we were going to facilitate. And I knew that the purpose of this group, the main reason that this group was being created, that I wanted to do it, was so that I could have other people in my life that I could encourage and that would in return encourage me, that we would be encouraging each other to live the life that we felt called to live. And of course, that means devoted to a life of faith. We were a group of Christians gathering together on a weekly basis to encourage one another. And so I decided to call this group the EOTC group. And EOTC stood for encouraging others through Christ. Now, I will tell you in full transparency, full authenticity, I am absolutely 100% terribly embarrassed today about my approach to faith back then. I will completely admit to you right here, right now, back then, I was your very stereotypical, judgmental, Bible-thumping, fundamentalist, evangelical Christian. It was, I was horrible. In my 20s, I had even had experience going out and doing street preaching, handing out Bible tracts to people while they were at these, you know, public gatherings. I even led door-to-door evangelism teams. I mean, we're talking about, maybe some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, but this is where I would lead a group of people 
from my Bible study, and we would go knocking door to door, and we would ask people if we could come into their home and pray for them, and we were going to try to convert them to Christianity right there in their living room. That was the goal. Oh, man. And and not that these things are terrible things, but man, the way we went around it, about it, it just, today, it just doesn't line up with what God's calling me to do and how to to approach my faith and and you know I I'm I'm very embarrassed about some actually I'm very embarrassed about a lot of the things that I said back then the uh, there are many things that I believed back then that I do not believe today yeah you know what I'm not going to go into that let's just say this I my I am very embarrassed by much of what I had said and written back then and and even preached from the pulpit back then and Things that I said in Bible study groups, I'm like, ugh, just some of the things just in my mind, they kind of haunt me. I'm like, I wish I could go back to everyone I ever interacted with for over those 14 years. I, I wish I could go back and have conversations and say, I'm sorry. You know, I was wrong, <laughs> especially those who believed me. Uh, anyway, but, you know, that's all that's all in the past. And I'm thankful that I'm here. I am who I am today as a result of my experiences. And so I don't regret all of it. One thing I will tell you is that when I was 18 years old, I was a senior in high school, and have you ever heard of these things called senior superlatives? It's, you know, most likely to succeed, most likely to do this. My senior class decided to pull a joke, and I didn't know about this, until they voted on senior superlatives. They created a category for me. My senior yearbook, which is still upstairs in Stephanie's office on her bookshelf, it says Cliff Ravenscraft most likely to be the next Billy Graham. That's who I was. That that was my history back in, you know, 1991, 1992. It was more exaggerated in 1996 all the way through 2010. It was, yeah, I was off the hook, if you will, for my radical beliefs. But anyway, so that's a little bit of my history when it comes to ministry and, and my approach, and that's where this, this term, EOTC, came from, encouraging others through Christ. Now, another thing about my history that will help set the stage here is that I've always been a technology geek my entire life. Before the internet was widely available, I was already interacting with people through these things called bulletin board services or BBSs. And around 1991, I learned about America Online and immediately joined In 1996, I taught myself how to hand code HTML files, and I began to program my own websites page by page. Now, much of my 1996 through 1999 content is completely wiped off the internet at at this point, but there's this thing called the Wayback Machine, and if you want to get a huge chuckle, you can go to podcastanswerman.com slash October 1999, and that will pull up a version of my website that that will make you laugh, and it says, Reverend Cliff J. Ravenscraft, and if you look on that page, you'll even see it says my email is cliff, E-O-T-C, at isoc.net. Yes, my earliest email addresses were cliff, E-O-T-C, and then right below that, you'll see encouraging others through Christ, outreach ministries, it is definitely a 1999 version of the web, 
And there are some of you who are listening who probably weren't even on the web in 1999. And if you want to get a good chuckle, oh gosh, it, it's embarrassing. And I have no idea even, I haven't gone through and, and read some of the stuff that's there, but I'm sure there's probably some stuff that's very embarrassing to me. And that's why I made a sure, sure to tell you that much of what I said, much of what I taught, much of what I believed back then, it to me today, it's embarrassing. And and please, whatever, if you see anything from, you know, if you see anything from me related to faith prior to 2010, I just want to tell you to completely, you know, ignore pretty much most every single bit of it. Because from 2010 on, my life completely changed as far as my outlook on faith, my relationship with God. Um, I'm still very much, faith is a center of my life, but the way that I go about it is, it, 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 it's, it's not even close to what it was. And, and so I'm, it's, it's different in every single way. Okay. So I've been a tech geek all my life. In the early 2000s, we came across this thing as tech geeks, us early adopters, we came across this thing called Web 2.0. And again, I know there are some people listening to my voice. They have no idea. They've You, you maybe have heard Web 2.0 mentioned, but I imagine there are some people who are hearing my voice that don't even know what Web 2.0 means. And so I went to Wikipedia, and there's this quote. It says, a Web 2.0 site may allow users to interact and collaborate with each other in a social media dialogue as creators of user-generated content in a virtual community in contrast to websites where people are limited to the passive viewing of content. So Web 2.0 came about and all of a sudden we had all of these services on the internet that would allow you to create usernames and with your username and your profile, you could log in and you, as the user, could generate content on their service. And not only could you create content on their service, other people could interact with you. And this was known as Web 2.0, which is pretty much everything today, right? But this was a brand new world in the early 2000s. So as soon as I started signing up for services, obviously I'm asked to enter a username. And, you know, the earliest services I signed up for were Yahoo, Skype, YouTube. And when I signed up for those services, I was Cliff EOTC on all of them. It just is a no-brainer to me. I mean, going all the way through 2005, everything, my identity online was all about my faith. It was, it's Cliff EOTC, Cliff, encouraging others through Christ. That's, that's who I am. It's what I'm doing because, you know, up to this point, I'm still doing insurance full-time. I'm still a geek and into technology, but outside of my family life and outside of my career as an insurance agent, pretty much the only other thing going on in my life is my devotion to full-time ministry. Before I left my career in insurance to do what I do today, my goal, my greatest desire, my number one mission was to find an opportunity to become a pastor of a church one day. That's what I believed, that's what I was studying for, and that's the path that I chose to follow. And my my goal at that time was, you know, I am Cliff EOTC, I am Cliff out here to encourage others through Christ, through my faith, that's what I'm here to do. However, 
in December 2005, many of you know the story of how I came across this, this little technology known as podcasting. Well, it's actually in the summer of 2005, and then in December 2005, I created my very first podcast, which became The Lost Podcast. And then after The Lost Podcast came a couple other shows, and my fourth podcast that I launched in December 2006 was Podcast Answer Man. But because I had created more than one podcast, I created a network, and that network was called the Generally Speaking Production Network. All of a sudden, I had different brands Outside of this Christian ministry stuff, I had people who knew me for creating content that's pretty much just entertainment-based. Once I started to create all these other shows, I realized that I had an opportunity to build genuine, authentic relationships with others outside of getting to know whether or not we agreed about politics, religion, or any of that other stuff. All of a sudden, we're building relationships around shared passions It's not until we actually have developed a friendship that we actually get to know each other and about, you know, what our stances are on faith and politics and all that other stuff. And then all of a sudden, I I realized, oh my gosh, I have a friend who I've just developed a relationship over the last nine months, and I just realized that he is a secular humanist bisexual. (laughs) Whoa, wait a second. How did this happen? And, And of course, that rocked my world. And and the, the question started, now what do I do about this? Does this person become all of a sudden this pet project of mine to convert to Christianity? And, and all of a sudden my world was challenged and all of these other things and, and great things happened as a result of it. So much of my ability to get rid of all of the things that once, you know, where I used to ask people to agree with who I am and what I believe to validate what I believe. It, 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 it was, yeah, we're not going to go into all of that, but the reality is, is my world was changing and I realized there was real power in developing relationships with others without making politics or religion or anything like that a part of the process, you know, pre-validating people. I was no longer going to only build relationships with people who already agreed with what I believed as it relates to my faith or that I could eventually convince to believe what I believe about faith. And and I was. I was one of those Christians at the time where if you weren't a Christian and I didn't feel like you were going to ever convert to Christianity, then why would I waste my time building a relationship with you? I was that bad. And, and again, very much embarrassed by that, very much ashamed of that part of my past. And even ashamed of some of the things that that happened during the transitional period of my life, the, and 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 some of the things that I've said to certain friends. And oh man, if I could only go back and do some of those things over again. But you know, I, I thank God for the grace that He's given me, and and only hope that other people will extend that grace to me as well. But in 2005, I discovered podcasting, and all of a sudden, I now have the GSPN, the Generally Speaking Production Network. I have Podcast Answer Man. And then once I have these brands, all of a sudden, new services are pulling up. So remember, I started podcasting in 2005. But in February 2007, I hear about this thing called Twitter. I was asked to create a username. And I didn't want to use Cliff encouraging others through Christ on my Twitter handle because I didn't want people to initially see 
encouraging, you know, EOTC, ask me what does it stand for? I say it stands for encouraging others through Christ. And then all of a sudden have them prejudge me, just like I used to prejudge everyone else. But I didn't want to have them prejudge me and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just not interested in following one of these Jesus freak guys and not get to know who I am. And so not only that, but I wanted to brand the podcast Answer Man. So the first thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to actually be twitter.com slash podcast answer man. That was my first preference. And then and I typed that into the little box for my username and it kept stopping at podcast answer ma, L-M-A, podcast answer ma. And that's because it wouldn't allow 16 characters. And that immediately, there was a 15 character limit, by the way, for Twitter IDs. As a result of that, I knew instantly that I couldn't use my second choice, which was twitter.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. No, I'd have to be twitter.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. No T at the end. (laughs) So that wasn't going to work. What do I do? I don't feel like using, I don't want to use Cliff EOTC. And so I came up with at GSPN, which stood for the Generally Speaking Production Network. And that became my Twitter ID. And by the way, this was back when Twitter allowed four-digit usernames, which I just realized recently no longer is allowed. (laughs) You have to have a minimum of five characters today for a Twitter account. Anyway, in 2007, I signed up for Facebook. And I don't remember when it was, but it was a couple months or even a couple years later, they came up with the thing called vanity URLs for your profile, your personal profile on Facebook, where you no longer were facebook.com slash user and then a bunch of random numbers. They allowed you to switch it from facebook.com slash, you know, question mark, you equals blah, 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 blah. And instead, they would allow you to have uh, basically real human words in your URL. So it could be facebook.com slash whatever you want it to be. I instantly wanted to get facebook.com slash GSPN, but they would not allow you to have a four-digit URL. So you couldn't be facebook.com slash GSPN. I went with my second choice, which was facebook.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft. And the reason why I wanted it at GSPN at first was because I wanted consistency among my different platforms online. I wanted to be the same thing everywhere you kind of looked for me in social media channels. But this was where all of a sudden I start getting this, all this brand confusion all over the place because most services out there say that you have to use a, a username that's somewhere between five to 15 characters. Well, Cliff Ravenscraft is 16 and GSPN is four. So I'm pretty much out of luck, right? Fast forward to about a year and a half ago and I decided to sign up for this service called Snapchat. I heard some people getting all excited about it. My daughter joined the app and I decided I'd give it a try. And at the time, I didn't think much about it. I logged into it. I thought it was the worst looking app I've ever seen in my life. The user interface was terrible And I'm like, how does anybody like this app? This is stupid. And I kind of just let it sit for a while. Well, fast forward to just January of this year, 2016, and I started to hear Gary Vaynerchuk and a bunch of my other friends online start talking about Snapchat again. It's like constantly, over and over, I'm hearing Snapchat this, Snapchat that. Everybody's talking about Snapchat. And well, I decided to download the app again. 
I went to log in and I'm like, I don't even know what username I picked about a year and a half ago when I set this up. So I said, forgot my username and it asked me for my email address. I typed it in and it sent me a link to reset my password. And it turns out that my username was, you guessed it, Cliff EOTC. Not GSPN, it was Cliff EOTC. So immediately, the first thing I decided to do was to see if I could change my username on Snapchat. You can't. In fact, if you go to the support article on Snapchat, it says for security reasons, it is currently not possible to change the username for an existing account. If you wish, you may delete your account and create a new one. Well, I decided to go ahead and first set up a brand new account on Snapchat using the username at GSPN. However, it told me that that username was not available. Now, at the time, I thought it was because you had to have a minimum of five characters, but I was playing around with the app and I discovered that you have to have a minimum of three characters is what it says. But obviously, some I guess somebody's out there has GSPN. I know I couldn't get it. And of course, there is a 15 character limit, so I couldn't get at Podcast Answer Man, and that would mean that I couldn't get Cliff Ravenscraft either. So here I am, you know, I've got this Cliff EOTC, and I didn't want to create a brand new third or fourth user ID because I already have enough brand confusion between platforms. And for that reason, I decided to just go ahead and use Cliff EOTC on Snapchat. But there's a little problem. I'll get to that in just a minute. And first, I want to just tell you that for years, whenever I would schedule a Skype podcast interview with folks, because my username on Skype since Skype first came out has been Cliff EOTC, I was always asked, Cliff, what does Cliff EOTC stand for? And this was really never an issue. And the reason why is because, well, it's via Skype that people are asking me this question. I was able to have a conversation with them and tell them how that came about and much shorter than what I've shared with you here in this episode. But and, and the other thing is, is these people that were interviewing me, they already knew me well enough that if they just discovered that I was a Christian because of the cliff encouraging others through Christ, they weren't immediately turned off because they already knew me well enough to know that I'm not one of those guys that's consistently quoting Bible scriptures and telling you that you need to convert or you're going to go to hell. I mean, it's I'm, I'm not one of those guys. And as far as they knew, I never had been one, but I used to be. And yeah, we've already covered that. Most of these people that I had these Skype interviews with, they already knew that I wasn't one of those stereotypical Christians and and it wasn't that big of a deal. However, many of you know that not too long ago, back in, it was actually the end of January, I created a tutorial on how to use Snapchat. I have fallen in love with Snapchat. I told you guys this a couple episodes ago. And if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash Snapchat, you can see my tutorial that will explain to you everything you need to know about Snapchat and how to use the app. Yes, the app today is still as horrible as it was a year and a half ago as far as its user interface. But once you learn how to use it, it's actually pretty easy to understand but it takes a little time and my tutorial at podcastanswerman.com slash Snapchat will start clearing the fog for you, I promise you. So if you have any interest in joining the rest of the world on Snapchat, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash Snapchat. But here's the thing. So far, 
Over 3,300 people have gone through that tutorial. And what do you think is the number one question I'm asked about 15 to 20 times a week, every single week since the last week in January? What does Cliffy OTC stand for? Because everybody's following me on Snapchat. They have to type in Cliff EOTC. And they're asking me, what does that stand for? Ah, and here's the deal. You know, I'm, I'm faced with this dilemma. What do I tell these people? Because a lot of these people, they are just discovering me. Many of these 3,300 people have no idea who I am. Somebody else sent them to the tutorial. All they know is that somebody said, hey, my friend Cliff created this tutorial, and it's amazing. It'll help you understand everything you need to know about Snapchat. And now these people who are discovering me for the very first time as a result of this tutorial are looking to add me on Snapchat because, well, hey, gosh, this guy provides this much value. I want to check out more of what he has to say, what he's doing, how he's using Snapchat. And I didn't want to respond to these people and say, hey, you know, it stands for Cliff, encouraging others through Christ. And it's not because I'm ashamed of my faith, because I'm not. I love Jesus. There you go. I said it. I am not ashamed of my faith. However, I wanted to make sure that when people discover me, that without my username being a hindrance, that they would go ahead and follow me. I wanted them to allow the content that I'm putting out in my social media channel to communicate who I am and what I stand for. And it's very clear that if you follow me, I'm not one of those stereotypical Christians, but many people would come to the immediate prejudgment that, yeah, I'm not going to follow anybody that has Christ in their username. So at this point in my story here, I want to pause just a second and I want to jump to a conversation that I had with my friend Paul Spain while I was in New Zealand. Now, Paul had invited me to come speak and, and do the keynote address for the Asia Pacific Podcasting Conference. And while I was there, Paul asked me, he said, hey, Cliff, I want to talk to you about your username on Twitter. Why do you have at GSPN? And I mean, he knew about the Generally Speaking Production Network, but he, he was just confused why I would choose that handle. Uh, and he had suggested that it made it more difficult for people who were brand new to me and to my brand to find me on Twitter when they wanted to quote me. For example, when I'm speaking up on a stage and specifically he was referring to somebody who was in the audience while I was giving my keynote and while I was speaking, this person was sending out tweets quoting my talk from the stage and attributing those quotes to an at username that they assumed would be my username but was not. All right, so so that's what he was saying. He's like, you know, I mean, if people search for you, I mean, how do they, how do, I mean, yeah, they could search for your name, but they see at GSPN, how do they become clear that that's who you are? Here's what I explained to Paul. I said, listen, Paul, I've been on Twitter since 2007. You're the very first person that I've ever heard this type of feedback from. And when it comes to my Twitter ID, it's never been an issue. I appreciate what you're saying, but it's just never been an issue. In fact, for years, I produced a weekly podcast devoted to social media. Every single week, we talked about social media for years, and the most common topic on our show was Twitter, and nobody ever said, why do you have at GSPN for your username? Everybody just 
I mean, that once they see, hey, Cliff's, you know, he's at GSPN, I'm going to follow at GSPN. And if they wanted to know, they could say, what does at GSPN stand for? Well, that stands for the Generally Speaking Production Network. And But it, it just has never been an obstacle from what I could tell. And since February 2007, I've built an audience of 16,326 Twitter followers. And by the way, all of those... Twitter followers are organic, natural followers. I've never used any of those crazy tools to go out there and buy fake users to get people to, you know, you you pay money and all of a sudden it, it gets you all kinds of followers and stuff like that. And in fact, there are there are Twitter services out there that you can actually do audits on people's followers. Uh, I can't remember the names of these services. We used to talk about it in Social Media Serenity, which is that weekly podcast I'm talking about. But you could actually go in and perform an audit on some of these online social media guru people, and you'd be shocked at some of the people who have 350,000 Twitter followers. You'd be shocked to learn that 30, 40, 60, maybe even 80% of their Twitter followers are fake. I, I told Paul, I said, listen, you know, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm pretty confident. I, at this point, it doesn't make any sense at all for me to change my Twitter ID when I've been able to grow an audience of 16,326 people since 2007. So, you know, I appreciate the feedback, but I'm, I think I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to stick with at GSPN. However, at the same time, while I was in New Zealand, I'm falling more and more in love with Snapchat. And it's become clear that Snapchat has eclipsed Twitter. It has eclipsed Facebook. It has completely annihilated those other services when it comes to my attention, when it comes to what I prefer to do with my time when I have some free time to use a social media platform. I found myself consumed with Snapchat and I realized, whoa, this has become my number one favorite social media platform. Facebook, a very close second. Instagram, a very close third to Facebook. Twitter is behind Instagram. I think that LinkedIn and Google Plus are both tied for like the end of the earth that I hate to go to. But anyway, I, I still use them, unfortunately. Uh, but still, Twi- uh, um, Snapchat, it has become the place. And now all of a sudden, I have I have been amassing a significant following on Snapchat. And all of a sudden, who are these people knowing me as? They're they're starting to know me as Cliff EOTC. 15, 20, 30 times a week. What does Cliff EOTC stand for? And well, that's why I'm creating this podcast episode because from this point forward, I am going to send people who ask me that question to podcastanswerman.com slash Cliff EOTC, which will land people on this podcast episode, which they can listen to if they want to. I knew that I had a branding issue. When when I discovered that Snapchat was as big as it was, I had a major branding issue allowing myself to grow so many followers in the way that I have on Snapchat because now these people see me as Cliff EOTC. And on Twitter, I'm at GSPN. On Instagram, I'm at GSPN. On Facebook, I'm something else. And... You know, and, and here's the deal. This isn't over yet. Moving forward, there are going to be tons of new services, and more and more 
it, it it's very clear that newer services that come out are coming up with a minimum of five characters for your username. And it seems like for whatever reason, I don't know why, but everybody has agreed that the standard is no more than 15 characters. I needed to do something. And the other thing is, is that it's kind of assumed today that whatever your username is on one platform, that you're more than likely going to have the same username on other platforms. For example, it is assumed by most people, whatever your Twitter handle is, that's going to also be your Instagram handle. And the same thing would be true with Snapchat. Whatever your Snapchat handle is, well, obviously that's gonna be the same handle that you use on Twitter and Instagram and all these other services. And so, and it kind of got me to thinking about that conversation I had with Paul. And while I still agree that, man, I've I've done pretty well with at GSPN, I don't see a need to change my username just because of the actual reason that he gave. But for consistency among other platforms, I started to question uh, the the relevance of keeping at GSPN when even moving forward beyond Snapchat, but certainly with Snapchat, it's not likely that I'm going to get at GSPN anywhere moving forward. And not only that, I still have a YouTube channel with 6,000 subscribers that is youtube.com slash cliffeotc. On Skype, I'm cliffeotc. And now on Snapchat, the one where I'm gaining the biggest momentum of newer followers, I mean, literally, I, I, you guys be blown away by the number of new followers I'm getting on a daily basis on Snapchat. It is mind-blowing, and if you're not on Snapchat yet, did I mention I have a tutorial at podcastanswerman.com slash Snapchat? You need to get on Snapchat. You're missing the boat. If you've heard me talk about it the last couple of weeks and you're still not on it, you are missing the boat. Get on it now. Trust me. I am not leading you wrong. Get on Snapchat. Big time. Podcastanswerman.com slash Snapchat is the tutorial. Anyway, those of you who have been following me over the last couple of months, you know that I have given the year 2016 a theme, which is the year of identity. I've been asking myself a lot of very deep questions about who I am and what my purpose is, and specifically as it relates to, I believe, the next season of my life. Not just personally, but also professionally. There's a lot of things that have been going on, and as a result of some answers that I have come up with asking myself those deep questions, I went back to my mission statement that I created several years ago, and I've made some tweaks and adjustments to my mission statement. And I am going to read to you right now, word for word, my mission statement as it stands today. It says, my mission first and foremost, is to pursue the life for which I was created. I am always learning. I share experiences from my journey in life, my successes, failures, fears, hopes, dreams, etc. And what I'm learning from these experiences in an authentic and transparent way with the intent to provide education, and here's a keyword, encouragement, and inspiration that motivates others to take their own life to the next level. I am committed to generating the amount of income that allows me to meet the needs and goals of my family and to fulfill my mission in the world. Here's another couple keywords here. Listen to this one. I create content, products, 
and services and promote the content, products, and services of others that add great value to people's lives. I am committed to setting new goals, achieving them, and then sharing the results so that I may help others find ways of doing the same in their own life. I am constantly expanding my mindset of what is possible and always looking for ways to help others do the same. And yes, my friends, there's a little Jesus language in here in my mission statement. Here's the last little phrase. I am a follower of Jesus who authentically attempts to live out my faith, though I may fail miserably at times, in a way that encourages others. When asked, I am always prepared to give a reason for the hope that I have in Jesus with gentleness and respect. That is my mission statement. Now, below that, I even have a short version because I wanted to be able to have like just this real quick little phrase that reminds me of what my mission is in this world. So the short version is, I create content, products, and services designed to have a powerful and positive impact on the lives of others, helping them expand their mindset of what is possible and that encourages them to become all that they were created to be. And if you wanted to have a one-line, even shorter version of my mission statement, I create content that encourages others. Hmm. What's my name? My name is Cliff. What do I do? I encourage others through content. Hmm. What's my username? Cliff, E-O-T-C. How can I explain to people who are asking me, 25, 30 people a week, how can I tell them what Cliff EOTC stands for without them immediately saying, oh, Jesus, nope, not into that, not going to follow him. How can I explain what does Cliff EOTC stand for? What can that stand for that doesn't cause them to immediately think I'm one of those Bible-thumping Christians and all this other stuff? How can I keep that from being a hindrance from people following me once they ask me what that stands for? Well, I can say with conviction in my heart that Cliff EOTC, my identity, who I am, what I do, what my mission and vision for this, for what I am called, my purpose in this world, I am Cliff and I encourage others through content. Yeah. And once I discovered how this all comes full circle, I decided to embrace my EOTC identity. Fully embraced it. In fact, I, as I said, I've been Cliff EOTC for years on Skype. I've been Cliff EOTC for years on YouTube. And just recently, I changed my Twitter ID. I am no longer at GSPN on Twitter. Today, I am Cliff EOTC on Twitter. On Instagram, I changed it. I am now Cliff EOTC on Instagram. And not only that, I even created a Facebook page. I'm not using it yet, but I do have a public profile page and you can find it at facebook.com slash, you guessed it, Cliff EOTC. And now today, when people ask me, what does Cliff EOTC stand for? My answer right out of the gate is gonna be simply, it stands for Cliff, encouraging others through content. Because that's who I am, that's what I do. 
And the reality is that the content that I create comes from deep within who I am. The content that I'm putting out into the world comes from my heart. And if you spend any time getting to know me, at some point, somewhere, you're gonna see that something's going on inside of Cliff that's beyond who he is alone, that there's something that drives him. And you know what? Whether you hear me say the words or whatever the case may be, it should become evident to most people who know what to look for that Jesus is very much at the core of who I am, that I live a life devoted to him. Although I don't always live up to what other people expect that should look like, but that doesn't matter to me. I am a devoted follower of Jesus. It is who I am. And my drive and my desire to help others, my desire to encourage people, the reason why I get out of bed and every day I'm willing to spend hours encouraging other people, even though sometimes that means absolutely nothing for me financially, that there's no return on investment that I can instantly point back to. People ask me all the time, Cliff, why do you do all of this? Why do you do that? You know what? I do it because I feel called to help others, to encourage others. I want to serve others. Today, my friends, let me tell you, I am doing full-time ministry. And it's not in the old traditional way that I was taught. I am doing ministry full-time. I have been doing it for years. Whether people know it or not, I am doing what I'm doing because I feel compelled to do it as a result of my relationship with Jesus. That's just who I am. It's why I do what I do. Not so that I can convert you. Not so that I can convince you. Matter of fact, how many of you have known me for years and I've never once brought up Jesus in a conversation with you? I would imagine that probably 99% of you listening to my voice would say, yeah, I've, I've never had you bring that up. And you know what? I'm not looking for the right opportunity to finally introduce God into the, our conversations. No, that's not how I do things these days. In fact, there's an old episode when it used to be called Podcast Answer Man. It was, was how do I balance my my faith and my work? And you know what? I'll, I'll go look it up right now and I'll just edit out the pause while I do it. I found it. It is episode number 371. If you want to hear the episode I did, it's titled How Do I Balance My Business Life and My Faith? I am still very proud of that episode, and if you want to listen to that episode, go to podcastanswerman.com slash 371. Definitely a great episode to go listen to if you want to hear a little bit more of my mindset in how I approach faith today. But in the end, to those who know what to look for, they will see that I am, in fact, Cliff Ravenscraft, a man who is devoted to encouraging others through the content that I'm creating and that, that content, everything that I do, is, it, it is compelled from the core of my being. And in the core of my being, I am who I am because of my relationship with Jesus. And so, yeah, when I say that I'm encouraging others through content, I'm at this very same time saying that I am encouraging others through Christ because, well, the content comes from me and me comes from that relationship. <laughs> That, I know that's not great grammar. Uh, Mignon, if you're listening, I apologize, but it is what it is. So yeah, there you go. What does Cliff EOTC stand for? Well, it depends on how much you want to know, but starting out, if we're just opening up the dialogue, I'm going to tell you right out of the gate, Cliff EOTC, it means Cliff 
encouraging others through content. So there you go. That's it. Now I have this here as a resource for anybody who wants to know the full story behind Cliff EOTC. And uh, I appreciate each and every one of you joining me on this journey during this year of identity. More to come. I'm really excited about it. And, um, you know, I just I just want to say thank you guys. I, I really appreciate you who are sticking with me through all of this change in my life and and some even more exciting things are happening. I even have more things that I could tell you about my some coaching calls that I did for life career slash mindset coaching and stuff like that. But I'll have to leave that stuff for another week because I, I took a lot of time talking about the history and the 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 origin story of Cliff EOTC. More than anything, guys, I just want to say I appreciate each and every one of you. I hope that you will have found some sort of value, some sort of takeaway for your own journey, your own online branding. And uh, if nothing else, at least maybe you'll go and find me on Snapchat. Go ahead and download the app and add me as Cliff EOTC in Snapchat and I'll see you there. Until next time, my friends, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level.